everyone. My name is Dallin Worth, and welcome to this episode of the Charter School Connection Podcast. I'm really excited because we have some fellow podcasters that are uh, going to be on this episode. They have their own podcast for what they're doing over at Trinity Basin um, Schools, and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about that, plug their podcast. But before we dive into who they are and their podcast and what they're doing at their school and what makes their school unique, we'd like to thank our sponsors, obviously Charter Connect, that helps charter schools grow their enrollment via data-driven marketing, and Enrollio, our new enrollment software that makes it easy for students to slip into your enrollment process. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Connor Rogers and Trey Garbers from Trinity Basin. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, of yeah, course. great, great to be here. We're excited to uh, to talk to talk shop and talk charter schools and to talk podcasts. It's like our our three of our favorite things. Yeah, this yeah. is interesting being on the other side of it for a change. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I love podcasts, and I think it's fun to listen to hosts of my favorite podcast be guests on other mm -hmm. podcasts and it's it is really weird to say like wow what's that person doing as the guest it, it's it's fun to kind of flip the switch so well, and it's it's a whole mindset mindset shift for us because we're so used as the host to be like let's stay it on track let's let's redirect the conversation but as the guests we're just firing everything <laughs> yeah. we're like yeah. we're gonna go crazy and take over your episode so <laughs> oh please do we would love a a trinity basin the bolt take over. So please do. Well, um, let's go ahead and just start how we normally do. Let's just kind of do introductions in regards to how you both got involved in education and more specifically the charter school world. Um, yeah, so I'd, let's go ahead and start with Trey, just because at random, I picked you at random. So um, Trey, tell us a little bit about your story, and then we'll get to Connor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is actually my first job in education. I am the director of IT services uh, for Trinity Basin Preparatory. Um, and I landed here about six years ago. Uh, I've been in IT uh, for about a little over 10 years now, uh, working at pharmacy uh, before that. And, uh, you know, just, I'm sure that's just what teachers want to hear as another non-educator making <laughs> decisions for education. Um, but I think at, at least what I like to think is that uh, that kind of lends itself because I come from a customer service ba uh, background. Um, and even before IT. And I know we don't like to think of our teachers as customers uh, necessarily, but it, it allows me to approach our, our technology, um, you know, from a, a, a user endpoint um, of getting feedback, uh, working with Connor and some of our other uh, academic leaders to make sure that we're making the best technology decisions for our district um, and really and really making sure that this stuff works in the classroom, right? Because if it doesn't work and it doesn't help instruction, then we're not doing the right thing and I'm not doing my job. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my kind of angle at, at TBP. That's awesome. Very cool. How about you, Connor? Um, I, Trey and I like the yin and the yang very much. Um, so <laughs> I like was always in education, even since I was a teenager, I was, um, on the beach teaching little kids how to sail boats. Um, and I loved oh, working cool. with kids. So I was like, this is it. I want to be a teacher. Um, did did Catholic schools for a while and then got into the charter school game. Um, and it's really interesting because there's such a, like you ask 10 different people, like, what do you think of when you think of charter school? You're gonna get 10 different answers because there's all, all right. these misconceptions. And especially like, I remember, I don't know if anyone saw this movie, it was like Waiting for Superman about this, like like this myth of like charter schools and like, if you have to win the lottery and you'll get an amazing education, if you don't like the system will like crush you. And, um, <laughs> so there, yeah. Um, I was like charter schools, this is new, but um, 
came to our charter school district, Trinity Basin Preparatory, have been there now. This is year six, and it's it's a wonderful district to work for. Um, we're located in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, um, and just doing just doing great things for our kids and trying to innovate and trying to be the best. And love love working with Mr. Trey. He's he's great. That's fantastic. I love that. And so you said that you're trying to innovate, try to provide the best education possible for students, and it's pretty obvious that you're doing so because just by visiting your website, I can tell like, oh, wow, they have multimedia, like a podcast for people to listen to. And before we started recording, you said that you're going to start involving your students in the recordings of podcasts. And so you're getting students involved. And so I think that's awesome. Could you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing to innovate over at Trinity Basin and, you know, maybe other charter school administrators that are listening to this podcast can kind of steal a couple of your, of your ideas. Do you, you want to take that, Mr. Trey? You want to? Uh, well, I mean, I can speak to the um, to the the multimedia club. We've got some some broadcast clubs and some multimedia. It seems like every year we we kind of take this a little further. And with our CTE classes, we have our instructional technology coordinator, Josh Watkins. Shout out to him. He helps out with a lot of us our stuff. Um, really driving that, at least on my end, the the technology innovation. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about our podcast maybe later. Maybe that'll come up naturally. But uh, when Connor and I ride off into the sunset and we're we're finished recording this, we're going to try to hand it <laughs> over to. Uh, to some of our students, and um, I can't think of a better way to, uh, to to pass the torch or the the spark of the of the bolt podcast uh, uh, off to our, our our little innovators in the classroom. It's going to be really exciting. That's fantastic. Wow. I think let's just talk about it now. So so our school is Trinity Basin Preparatory, so TBP. So our podcast is called The Bolt Podcast. So it's TBP. You can find <laughs> us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll link in the show notes. Yeah, that just now clicked TBP. Yeah. So TBP and like everyone, like when we rolled out, they're like, oh, that's great. And then it kind of started with like, we'll just, Trey and I will do a couple episodes. We'll do one on classroom management. We'll do one on this. Like, and then just morphed into this thing. And then, you know, COVID happened. So they're like, there's a whole bunch of episodes right there. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, we had students on a couple of times. Like we had one because it was released on May 4th, which is May the 4th be with you. Yeah. So we did a Star Wars episode <laughs> where we interviewed <laughs> students about Star Wars because it's like, oh, they grew up with like, the different Star Wars than us and like oh, yeah. no like the prequels and was like so that was interesting to talk to them and then really it was like all right Trey and I have recorded we're, we're going to record 50 episodes and then just hand it over to the kids and let them take it and run with it so couldn't be happier about that um as far as the other innovative stuff I think we're doing as a district um like Trey already mentioned we're doing a lot with instructional technology with Prometheans um and I also think too like um we're doing a lot of data-driven decision. You mentioned you have some like software that you plugged that does data-driven. Like we're trying to do that ourselves. Um, looking at student assessment data, can you filter that data by subpopulations of English language learners, of special ed students, and what are their needs? Um, even today, Trey and I were working on like, can you do some analytics on uh, devices and which staff members have multiple devices checked out to them? <laughs> so, yeah. like, I think I think the data-driven decision making. Uh, is going to be really innovative and really productive for us. Or maybe which uh, which students have broken or lost their Chromebooks, which, you know, student device is the bane of my existence, but uh, they're not going <laughs> anywhere anytime soon. So Connor's uh, helping me, uh, you know, get some data-driven information to, to tighten that up a little bit. That's fantastic. I think that's so cool. Uh, I want to learn a little bit more about Trinity Basin. It's from the what I could gather, it appeared that you got, you started back in 1998. Am I correct? Yeah. And so 
that was two charters or two campuses that you were able to to begin with, and then it's kind of blossomed into way more. And so I want to kind of, if you could tell me like the origin story, and then how you were able to go from that to where you are now, because it's not easy to grow a charter school by any means. It's so difficult. And I'm sure there's people listening to this episode wondering, how are they able to go from two to, and let's see, I maybe you can just tell we're at, me. We're at eight campuses now, going uh, yeah. to be nine, nine in August. Um, yeah, I see so, yeah. that there's some coming soon ones on your mm-hmm. website. And so that fascinates me. Could you maybe just give us a little insight into how you started and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, I've got I've got some notes on that. Um, and Trey, you feel free to chime in. Um, so yeah, we, we started in 98 and we were originally two different schools. So it was it was TBP and it was also um, School of Liberal Arts and Sciences, which, which had the unfortunate acronym of SLAS. Um, and then <laughs> they combined, they merged into, into one charter school and what was neat, and we we didn't find this out until we were like 30 episodes recording, we got, we said, let's find two people who've worked in the district the longest and hear some old stories. And they said that one of the school mascots was the Tigers and the other one was the Spartans. So when we combined our superintendent, Mr. Schaefer made them into the Titans because it's like Tigers and Spartans uh, together. And now we're the Titans. And I was like, that's really cool of how we got our mascot. Um, but yeah, the need for for charters like has just kept growing. And I think like, with our growth, um, especially I think like more so the Fort Worth campuses, like there is definitely a need for an alternative to the traditional independent school district. Um, so we have teams that do extensive research and how is this building gonna be funded? And like, is there a need for this charter school in this area? Um, so the state of Texas, and and again, I don't know too much about this process cause I'm not super involved in it, mm-hmm. but they do a lot of, um, due diligence even when we wanted to open this new campus next year they were like well how do your scores compare to all the other scores in the surrounding area what are you going to do differently that these schools in the area are already like how are you going to be better um so yeah it's it's tough to grow but i think like we've got a good strong parent base that knows like when they see that tbp the t with the lightning bolt they know like that's a good charter school We're, we're sending our kids there that's fantastic could you tell me a little bit about what your school has done to be able to connect with parents and be able to grow that brand recognition? Because I speak with so many schools on a daily basis where they're like, we've been around for 20 years and nobody knows we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're only known by word of mouth, but you could ask anyone in the community and they have no idea that this building on this corner is a charter school and that that's us. So how were you able to build that brand recognition? Uh, so I mean, yeah, we have a whole, go ahead, Dre. No, I was just going to say, we have a really great development team. I mean, even outside of, of marketing and, and and branding and things like that, of just getting us involved in our community events, uh, hosting community events. Uh, we have we have a, a campus that has a very large athletic complex that we took over a few years ago that we were able to host, um, you know, large events out of there. And our, our, our parking lots will, you know, have little carnivals and things. We're really, really working tightly with our community. We have um, our parent liaison, I believe is her specific title. Uh, We do parent universities at some of our campuses. So we'll bring our parents in, um, you know, sometimes during school hours or or after school to, to make sure that, you know, they're getting familiar with our campuses and our teachers and our practices and, and helping them become, you know, be, become more familiar with mm-hmm. what their students are doing and, you know, That's grading really and all cool. that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, you've probably been more involved with the parent communication, Connor, than, than I in technology yeah. have. I would say, I would say number one, yeah, our development team is amazing because they even will make decisions like, so like we're in Texas, 
our population of our charter school and students is 85% Hispanic. Um, so they will, they will put like these ads at El Rancho, which is like the Mexican supermarket. <laughs> yeah. And they'll like target the ads, like uh, Trinity based preparatory now enrolling like in English and in Spanish. And it's like, so they know, like, these are the parents that, that can't afford maybe, you know, uh, $15,000 a year private school, but they want an alternative to public school. So this is this is our clientele. Um, so the development team does great. And then the parent universities have been really successful. Um, I'm a parent now, I have a daughter who goes to pre-K in our district, this is the first year. And I just keep getting phone calls, like we're having another parent university, another, and it's like all <laughs> kinds of topics. Um, but like some of them have been like, here's the social media trends you should be aware of as a parent. Like, here's how to help your kid with math homework. Cause like math has changed, you know, you yeah. thought two plus two was four. <laughs> But you look at some of the new math now and it's like, oh, I'm, we need to educate parents on how they can help their kids with their math homework. Um, so those are, I would say, the two big things. Quick, funny story about the parents, though, is uh, Trey and I were out at a happy hour and I think Trey had his TBP shirt on. And the manager is like, hey, are you guys from that charter school that's got that school over there on Colorado Boulevard uh, in Dallas? And we're like, Yes, like what, what is this guy got an <laughs> Where's this going? or whatever? Yeah. And he's and he's like, your parents in that car line are like super well behaved. Like I was really impressed for downtown Dallas <laughs> that you're able to run a car line through that school. And we're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, we do have great parents. Thank you. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome, and and the fact that people can recognize you for those awesome attributes. So, we've kind of gotten some hints for this next question just by what you said, like the podcast, um, brand recognition, events, the parent university, the awesome carpool lane. What are some other reasons why parents and students choose a Trinity Basin over other private schools, charter schools, and public schools in the area? What makes you guys stand out? I think it's it's a combo of like, we're, we're in that sweet in-between spot of like, we're not that super wealthy private school, but we're not that public school either. We're just kind of in that in between because it's like, they know like, like, you know, some of them will be like, well, we'll try this school. And if not, we'll go back to our public school. Like they have that option. Mm -hmm. um, we don't, in our in terms of our application, we don't really discriminate um, on really anything other than maybe like if they had an extensive disciplinary history, like, okay, you've been kicked out of three schools in three years, whatever. But other than that, it's open enrollment. So the only out-of-pocket cost to the parents is the uniform. So that, mm -hmm. that helps a lot. Um, and, and I think, yeah, they, now they're starting to get to the point where like, like, it's interesting you mentioned that um, charter school where they said they didn't even know in the surrounding area. Like, I think what Trey's saying is right. Like we do things just for the community. So like, they know like, oh yeah, that charter school down the street. Like, mm -hmm. even if I don't have kids, like I should have an opinion about that charter school because I'm, someone's gonna ask me, hey, what do you think about that school down the street? The part you know? of my community. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. And which kind of leads me to these other questions. I think this is super fascinating. As you've been able to grow, I feel like the schools that are multi-campus schools and that are growing and are building new facilities, one of the hardest things that they have is to stay true to who they are while also embracing like, yeah, this school is in a new city and it's a new community. And so it's got to be different and unique but it's also got to stay true to the standards and values of all the other um, campuses. So how do you, how would you instruct someone or give any tips to someone that is growing and they're seeing good success, but they're not sure how to stay true to themselves while also staying true to these new communities that they're expanding into? Do you want to? 
yeah, that's Talk a great question. Um, I'll I'll say it's it's interesting. So when 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 we ask our teachers and and really all of our staff, you know, what's so special about TBP? The word family comes up a lot. Um, you know, we are a TBP family um, at a campus level, but also at a district level. Um, and and the culture or the, the type of things that are going on at one campus are gonna be different than they are at another campus, but you still have that, that sense of, of togetherness. We have our district. Right now we're, we're lucky enough to be small enough and close enough-ish um, to yeah. have these large district events um, that we can get everybody to. And, and that's where you really- That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then of course, you know the, the remote learning of, of a few years ago gave us the, the tools to be able to do stuff remote where we don't have to travel as much. Um, but I mean, uh, we, we all know that that, that doesn't make up for the, uh, the, the FaceTime of, of being in person. So um, those events, our training center, which is in uh, our, central uh, our central administration office, kind of in the middle of our district, um, is, is where we hold these uh, you know, training sessions and meetings to get those people, pull them out of the campus for a day to meet you know, the other kindergarten teachers in the district and, and put their heads together. So it's not just, they're not just siloed to their campus, which is really important. Yeah, they love, they love that when we get like, so we have it, it's called unit unpacking. So for instance, let's say it's like, okay, fifth grade, their literature, they're doing a unit on, I don't know, Don Quixote, right? We get all the fifth grade reading teachers up at the central office, which is equally like with the exception of one campus, like it's geographically at the midpoint. So like everyone's equally inconvenienced by the drive. No one's like, <laughs> oh, well, the Fort Worth people had to drive to Dallas. And the Dallas people, it's like, no, y'all had to drive in the middle. So, <laughs> yeah. so it, uh, they have that unity already going into it. Um, but then they all get to collaborate on like, hey, there's this unit coming up. We're teaching on Don Quixote with our um, shout out to our uh, curriculum coordinators, um, Kamisha Hawkins and April Frederick. So they'll do and lead them through like, here's this unit on Don Quixote. Here's the key themes we want to hit. Here's the sources. Here's, you know, and they do the same thing with math, too. Um, so they do. They're like, here's the key concepts about tens and ones and place values and all that. And just having those teacher collaboration, like really helps build the family. Um, and it really like once you figure out kind of what's in your charter school secret sauce for lack of a better term so you know like mm -hmm. hey these unit unpackings this is part of our district culture now like adding another campus is just one more calendar invite to the unit unpacking you know so it's like yeah you can still innovate and and that new campus is going to have its own flavor but like it's still going to be included in the in the district so that's those are fantastic um answers thanks for that and as you've kind of said what makes you so awesome, what makes Trinity Basin unique and different, you said, oh, our parent liaisons and our development team and shout out to so-and-so. And one, I'm inspired that there's so many people that share your vision and that are able to work together. Um, my question is not all charter schools, unfortunately, have these big robust teams and maybe they have team members that aren't very well trained. Um, and they're saying, man, I don't have a development team or a parent liaison or people that are skilled to be able to do a podcast. What tips would you give to that school that maybe they don't have a team, they don't have resources, but they know that they need to do something to be able to be a part of the community? Um, do you have any tips for someone that is kind of a one-man band, juggling a lot of things at the same time? Any tips for, for that person other than build a team <laughs> yeah um I'll, I'll talk to that unless you want to go first Trey um so I would say like if because because we were we started pretty small I mean Trey's been here longer than I am but yeah we weren't always this this huge and and even our central office was like this 
we rented like one floor of an office building in in Dallas at one point. So like we we weren't always this big, but um, number one, I would say like you got to have a really solid chief financial officer um, cool. because cool. because he manages our money like Mr. Dworkin, the trades boss, um, so well that allows us to have a development team that can spend money. Um, and our superintendent, when he interviewed when we interviewed him on our podcast, he said like TEA, which is the state Texas agency, um, he's like they they will close us for financial insolvency or for academic. Um, irresponsibility like it doesn't matter if we fail for grades we fail for money like we still fail um so have number one you got to have like your finances in place because there are charter schools that do go belly up because they do have passionate educators but like there's also the running a business side that you need people who know how to run a business and so that's number one and then number two i would say is like look at your team right now and what strengths what assets do you have like do we have a person who's really good at X, even though they're in role Y? How could we leverage those strengths, you know? And then two, kind of looking at like, yes, you you want to do everything, right? You want to develop, you want to do, you know, open new schools, but like, what is the highest priority need right now? So if the highest priority need right now is we don't really have a good phonics curriculum in pre-K uh, through second grade, that's where we're going to focus. You know, eventually, yeah, we can do these other things, but like, if everyone's on the same page that like, this is our big sprint for this year is like really shaping down the phonics curriculum, then that's where we're going to put our resources. Um, so I would say, yeah, look at, looking at number one money, number two, who do you have on your team that could do, who has like some strengths that you could leverage. And number three, what are your, what are your biggest pressing needs and what's, what's a, on the five-year plan? Cool. I love that. Um, I don't know if this is true. I feel like any, quote can be attributed to Warren Buffett and I'm not even sure if he said it or not but I I think he once said like if you have more than like three priorities you don't have any and so like if you kind of do a bunch of things all at the same time you're not going to get any of them done so really focus on that and I love the CFO um, answer because oftentimes I feel like we as people look for like the silver bullet like oh this is going to solve all of our problems and it's going to be this really awesome romantic sounding answer that's going to really but no it's simple cfo just have someone that knows how to use money and it's not a very cool answer but i think it it's huge if, if you can have someone that can dedicate funds to grow teams that is i, I love that you brought that up thank you for those um, anything else that you'd like to add trey well, first of all, I'm glad that Connor said that uh, because uh, that is my boss. So if I say it, it's just going to sound like I'm, I'm sucking up to him. So thank you, Connor. Um, but he's right. And, and I'll just attribute that to, let me do some sucking up actually um, to all of our leaders. Um, I, I, I've told this story before um, on our podcast, at least that when, when COVID hit, um, you know, and everybody got that, uh, that extra week off, what, what turned into months off of, of spring break. Um, we didn't, we, we came back into, uh, our central admin office and started putting our heads together. And our leaders were the ones who said, we have to get ahead of this before we even know what it is. Uh, we need to start figuring out an an online LMS and, and figuring out uh, how we go one-to-one overnight. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's key to our district. We've all, you know, leadership is important. You know, we can put that in quotes, but we've all worked for people who, who get put in a position and, they may be the boss, but they're not really leaders. Um, and, and uh, you know, I struggle with myself, what makes a great leader all the time, but uh, to know that that we have the right people in the right places, uh, our CFO, our CAO, our, 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 our CEO and superintendent to make those decisions when it's hard to make those decisions, um, it, it really makes 
uh, my job and Connor's job easier to know that that they're pointing us in the right direction for sure. Right. And I'll even jump on that point with the COVID plan. It was funny because we recorded a podcast, like I think it was like early March or late February of 2020, like right before COVID hit. And like Trey's big announcement at the time was that we were going to go one-to-one like a year from then. And so when, when then COVID hit, it was like, okay, we're just taking that same plan and just bumping up the time. Fast frame, tracking it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. That is really cool. Awesome. And do you, is it okay if we just go ahead and I want to plug um, your podcast. We've mentioned it before and it sounds like you've had a lot of really interesting team members give really insightful things on this podcast. So could you tell my listeners a little bit about what they could expect by listening to the Bold podcast? Yeah. So it's funny about four or five years ago, Connor was, you know, about a year into working here at TBPI. I'd been here for a couple of years and and uh, we'd worked uh, on a couple of projects together, um, but uh, I guess enough for Connor to go, hey, this guy likes talking too. So Connor uh, approached me one day and said, I want to do a TBP podcast. Would you be interested in hosting it with me? And I said, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we started this thing, uh, like I said, about five five years ago, would you say? Connor, I think it was 2019. Like Spring okay, so, of 2019 is so when we So four years ago. Um, uh, back when we were at that that office building in downtown Dallas uh, uh, or South Oak Cliff. And, and uh, yeah, we, we've been able to, we, our, our target audience was just, you know, our teachers, our teachers and staff, it's a, it's a very small target, um, but we've, we've been lucky to, to have not only internal team members on to talk about just what we're talking about today, right? The, the, the charter uh, spectrum, the, the school district education uh, as a whole. Uh, so it's not just specified to our district um, all the time, um, but we've also been really lucky to have some really cool guests um, if I can name drop for a bit, um, yeah. uh, we had, uh, Carrie Conover. Um, we had, oh, I just know her as a pocket full of primary. Yeah. Michelle uh, Emerson. Yeah. Michelle Emerson. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So Connor, I don't know, works his magic. And, and, and Stephen Barkley from Steve Barkley at Ponders Out Loud, yeah. which is one of my favorite education podcasts. So I was like, <laughs> this guy does podcasts. Let me just shoot him an email. And he's like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, we're famous. You know? Yeah. And then one of our principals, <laughs> Uh, you know, corners us and go, you didn't tell me you had Steve Barkley on the pod- podcast. What's going on? You know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Connor's got this magical uh, fishing line that just reels in these, these cool education guests. Um, and yeah, we just pick their brains and, 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 but I mean, mostly it's our teachers, right? We want to know what they're dealing with, what they're going through, uh, you know, come on the podcast, be honest with us, tell us what works, what doesn't, what you love about TBP, uh, why you came to TBP, um, why you came from a, an ISD to a charter. Um, so there's some really interesting, you know, uh, uh, stories and strategies from across our district is our very good. You concluded tagline. the tagline. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it kind of started, we, it started more like topic focused. So we did like a couple on classroom management, you know, there's a couple on instructional technology, and then we revisit those topics from time to time. But then like some of the feedback we we're getting is like, we kind of want some goofiness on there too. Like mm-hmm. we want just when it's you just being silly. And so we did every Christmas or every December, we do like a holiday episode where we talk about like Christmas movies and Home Alone. And yeah. really it's just all Home Alone. It's it's, it's like, <laughs> there's like four different episodes on, on Home Alone that release every December. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what they can expect. If, if you want serious topics on classroom management, you can hear some interviews with that. Um, and if you want some talk about holiday movies you can you can find those ones they even shout out to our producer and editor and graphic designer and other all the other things manola munoz so if you look in our podcast feed like all the episodes have the same like artwork with the lightning bolt which one he designed it's really cool artwork but then on the on the december episodes 
it has a little like Santa hat and a little like Christmas <laughs> ornament. So it's like the same artwork, just a little bit jazzed up. So that's cool. He does, he does great work. We're just nerds uh, with microphones. That's that's really all we are. It's just nerds <laughs> with microphones. Oh, uh, nerds with microphones are dangerous in regards to uh, making change. So I love mm-hmm. it. That's true. Well, that's fantastic. Um, it seems like you both are. You have a lot of experience in multimedia and bringing opportunities to the table. Um, you're very humble and you're very giving in regards to credit to your team members. It sounds like. Um, everyone says the word family and then I go okay like whatever like they don't really mean it but it sounds like you guys kind of walk the walk um we we do and it that's why I got into it not into it but Trey was on this email we used to have a person who worked in HR um and she's like I want to do a video about how TVP's family and I was like I hate that because everyone says they're family and then so it's like it's like the movie, The Incredibles, if everyone's special, then nobody is, right? Like, yeah. so if every school district says they're a family, then it's like us saying our family doesn't stand out because I'm like, we actually are a family. Yeah. Like, we don't we don't need to say it. Like, they just need to come work for us and then they'll know that we're a family. Well, so. we sound like a bunch of Vin Diesels uh, all claiming that we're <laughs> a family. <laughs> I love that. Uh, because I feel like with some districts or schools, it's like the only, there's only so many people that are above me and the only way for me to move up is for them to get out or move down or like I don't sense that at all I feel like it's just very like we love this person great leader over here like everyone's just content and happy for each other which is really cool to just feel that vibe from from the both of you um well and if I could if I can speak to that just for a second uh on our one of our very first episode uh, uh Connor and don't let me misquote you please jump in um Connor spoke to the fact that TVP is fertile ground for for new ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's huge. Like for for Connor and I to go to our legion and say, hey, we want to do a podcast or, uh, you know, all these all these fun little things that that we do or um, I don't know, like it's easy to say no. And, and it's also easy to try something out and it fail and, and blow up in your face and you go, well, OK, now we know for next time. Um, but it's it's really nice to be able to to work with other teams and, and your leaders see something and you go, Hey, Hey Connor, you're a really data minded guy. We'd like to put you in this position where your focus is data and let your, you know, nerd brain light up with it. <laughs> um, to, to have that recognition of like, you could, you could do more than, than what you're doing, do more, expect more, be more. There's right? our, there's um, a mission statement right there. Um, I, I'm promise I'm not trying to do this, but it's just happening. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really nice to have that that environment where you're encouraged to kind of just try new things and then, you know, pointed in the right direction when they work and pointed backwards when they don't yeah. and said, try again, well, you know, and then, and then the learn the learning from the mistakes like that crashed yeah. and burned and here's why it crashed and burned. And here's why we're never doing that again. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and I think that's what it is, is, is people aren't afraid to innovate and try new things. Like if there was a teacher, science teacher who said, you know what, I'm going to change up the way I do science, but like, it's going to be good for the kids. It's like, okay, it better be good for the kids. And if it works, we're going to have you train all the other science teachers in the district, you know? And yeah. if it doesn't, like, let's, let's have a plan B, you know? Um, it's that kind of culture that, that I really love. Yeah. I'm getting the sense, if I understand correctly, that your staff, students, and teachers, everyone, everyone's not afraid to fail. And um, they're not paralyzed by like being scared, right. like, oh, if I do this wrong, and it turns out that it doesn't work, people are going to be mad at me, I'm going to let people down, I might, right. you guys have removed the threat of, you know, 
capital punishment for for trying. <laughs> oh yeah, and and I think that's the hardest part too is when we get new hires who came from a district that was that way, and they're they're trying to bring their like I'm afraid of this and I I, I don't want to I'm like no 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 it's okay like you can you can let your guard down here like it's you're safe it's okay yeah <laughs> yeah no that's really cool I love that. Um, this is kind of a weird question, and if you don't have an answer to it, that's okay, and we can completely <laughs> edit this out if it, it's kind of a, a too if, a, if it's a question that's too specific. But do you happen to have any examples of like we did this, it didn't work, and we learned from it? Or um, if we could go back in time, we would have done this differently, so that if a charter school administrators listening to this, they can go, oh, that's a great idea. Now I know to implement this or not do that any ideas or experiences I've, that you want to share i've i've got one and let, and it's more of a broad than a specific example but do you cool. unless you no, want please, to go straight please um, go ahead so to in general like i would say our achilles heel is, so if, if our strength is we're like super innovative and super collaborative our achilles heel is that we become too person dependent and not mm. system dependent. And what I mean by that is like, let's say you get like one person who knows how to do X and they do X like amazing. We just let them take it and run with it. And then that person leaves. And then we're like, oh, we have no idea how yeah. that person did that thing that was awesome and we can never replicate it again. So I think what we wanna do differently is like, if there is something that's working, how can we systematize that, you know, so that if that person leaves that the good thing that they did still stays in place. I know that's kind of broad, but I like I'll give you an that. example. Like if you had a principal who did like amazing things with PLCs, right? If that principal leaves and the PLCs are gone, like that didn't become a part of your culture. So like what systems can we make as part of like, this is TBP's district PLC. And this principal, you know, may do it, you know, above the district average and we may even do it better. But even if they leave, the good of a district PLC still still carries on. That's fantastic. Um, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, mm -hmm. he, he mentions you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Mm -hmm. And so it's very true. I think that's fantastic. I, I really like that insight. Anything else that you'd like to add to that, Trey? I'm blanking right now, um, and which cool. is shocking because I know I've uh, I know I've made some mistakes and <laughs> definitely learned from them. <laughs> Um, maybe I just, maybe my subconscious just doesn't want to admit them on a, on a recording, um, <laughs> but no. And I, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm blanking right now, but that's, that's part of the, the, the culture here. And even I can speak to my IT department is I would rather like, here's something I, I tell our teachers, like, if you feel that you are capable of troubleshooting stuff, or you want to kind of, you know, poke and play with some of our technology, please feel free. There, there's, there's very little that, that, that you guys can break that we can't fix. And I tell my technicians that, that same way, like open it up, see if we can tinker yeah. and figure it out or, or, or chase that rabbit down this path of this weird student device that isn't logged in or, you know, checked in properly. Um, there's, there's, there's rarely something that, that can be broken that we can't fix. And we try to, uh, we try to operate that uh, under that, that mindset. Awesome. Very cool. Um, do either of you have any books, podcasts other than the Bolt podcast, um, YouTube videos, movies, anything that you would recommend for our listeners be, where you have felt inspired or um, elevated from where we could share it in the show notes with, with our listeners? Uh, yeah, the, yeah ahead, please. Con, con, all, all, all of my podcasts are just like comedy uh uh silliness yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but uh 
I, I will say I've uh, uh, my former boss uh, turned me on to uh, a, a great speaker named Simon Sinek that I'm kind of digging more okay. into, uh, yeah, just on, on leaders. Yeah, on, on leadership in general. Um, and so I've been kind of listening to to some of his stuff, revisiting those TED Talk videos, um, just to kind of uh, cool. you know become a better yeah. leader, I guess. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, um, I've got. Was there more, Trey? I've got a couple. No, no, that's it. Okay. Um, so for the teacher level, I would say definitely teach like a champion 3.0, Doug Lamov. It's great stuff. Um, any teacher can pick up that book and take a technique out and turn it around in a week in their classroom. Like it is really good stuff. Um, cool. And then the book for like instructional coaches, principals, instructional leaders, I would recommend is the book Get Better Faster. Um, I think it's by Bambrick Santoyo. Uh, and that one is really helpful for especially like an instructional leadership team to look at like when we calibrate and go into classrooms, we should all be looking for the same things. Like we shouldn't three of us walk into a classroom and then all come out and say three different things of feedback that yeah. are high priority. Like you said, three priorities equals none. Right. Um, so that's really helpful if you're wanting to more like coach teachers. Um, and then the leadership book, our, my boss, Leslie Austin, our chief academic officer had us read was um, John C. Maxwell's developing the leader within you mm -hmm. really good stuff um on leadership there and then i haven't read it but i've heard very good things the principals i think all read um leverage leadership um which i think is another bambricks and toyo if i can find it but yeah those awesome. would be those would be the books to check out yeah leverage leadership 2.0 by paul bambricks and toyo cool i just was taking notes and we'll include all these in the show notes um fantastic and some of your guests that have been on the bolt podcast will definitely link to those episodes as well very cool um anything else that either of you would like to say maybe something that i didn't ask but an insight that you have before we wrap up i've i've got one unless you're Please. still thinking yeah. Trey. No, no, no. um so so one of the questions you sent us ahead of time which i think is a really good question is if you had a personal billboard what would it say um <laughs> yep. And so, and so obviously like there's some religious ones that I can't say in my charter school capacity, but I would say um, <laughs> the, the other thing I would have on a billboard is if you want something to happen, put it on the calendar. Um, and Trey has heard me say this all the time because it'll be like, oh yeah, we need to get together. We need to have dinner. We need to whatever. I'm like, if you like, if you don't put that on the calendar, it's never going to happen. <laughs> Same thing with charter schools. If you're like, oh, we need to have all the teachers look at the science curriculum, whatever, like put a date on the calendar, put a time and a place. Otherwise it's just lives in this shoulda, woulda, coulda land. So that's my, that's my personal billboard and I stand uh, by it. I, I would definitely invest money in putting that billboard up because <laughs> I was very wishy-washy with all of my stuff. And then I worked at a marketing agency where my boss, I mean, as simple as it sounds, he just taught me how to use Google Calendar and or outlook or whatever calendar you use and whenever like my phone gives me like my weekly app report of how many apps i've used and how long i use them like google calendar is like by far like the most used because i'm just always like okay what's next what's next what's next and i don't miss anything anymore and i'm like i went from kind of wishy-washy flaky to like just being on time like uh, mike berbiglia a comedian like he has this bit where yeah. he talks about like like he, that he's on time and that he doesn't understand people that are always late and he's like being on time isn't hard you just have to show up any time before <laughs> the time like yeah. and then you are on time 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I love the whole calendar idea and I use mine religiously. Like I have everything on my calendar and a lot of people like do pushback like, oh, but I'm kind of more of a free spirit. Like I kind of like to just be able to go with the flow and, but, and I'm kind of that way myself but the calendar allows me to be that way because when yeah. I'm stressed and trying to fix things and apologize for missing stuff or um, doing things wrong, or my wife's upset at me because that thing that she told me six months ago that we were going to do, I completely <laughs> forgot about. Like I'm able to be myself because I'm organized and it gives me the space to be myself. So. Absolutely. And, and I think some of the science behind that is like by capturing it on the calendar, it frees it from your short-term memory, which is easily overloaded. So now you don't have to remember like, what am I doing? Like, oh, can we hang out next Thursday? Oh no, I, I'm <laughs> recording a podcast. Like, so you already have that. Like, so it frees yeah. up your memory to do that stuff and be more of that free spirit. So there's science yeah, behind it. I, I guarantee if I, if I searched in my text messages, get something on the calendar, just that phrase, top five searches are Connor Rogers. No doubt. <laughs> so can we get something on the calendar? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Sure. Well, very cool. Anything else before we wrap up, my friends? No, I mean, just thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for yeah. having us. This is, like I said, it's a, it's a treat to be on the, uh, on the other side. Uh, it's, uh, it's nice to not have to come up with questions, but a little more pressure to answer them. Um, but it's exciting. <laughs> Thanks for having us. No, yeah. Thank course. you. Thank you again. This was a blast. No, I really appreciate all of your insights and your generosity with your time. Um, everyone listening, um, especially if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you know anyone that is looking for an awesome school to be able to succeed and enjoy their time at, go check out Trinity Basin Preparatory um, and listen to the Bolt podcast. I'm going to include a link in the show notes so that you can gain more insights from everything that they're doing over there. Um, I'm blown away by your organization, the success that you're having. It just speaks volumes of your team, um, what your students are learning. So thanks so much for being on the show. 